Hey, good morning, everybody. Today, we are going to talk about neurotic personalities, a person who is primarily dominated uh, by sensitivity to negative emotion. I think this is going to be really important if you want to get a hold and control of the of your anxiety, of let's just say your fear responses, your it can even come down to things like metabolism, appetite, illnesses, uh, potentially obesity, and uh, a few other traits, low serotonin, high cortisol. You're, you're talking about a lot of different things when you're talking about um, a person who is sensitive to negative emotion will often, if they don't know how to handle it, um, you don't need to understand science to learn how to handle it, but understanding science in some way can help you break down part of yourself that you may or may not know is going out of whack. You may not be aware of it in total that you're being affected negatively by a sensitivity to negative emotions. So what really gets this started or going for people is we, we have to understand something called the behavioral inhibition system. And uh, one, one of the people who helped really define it and, and bring clarity to it is uh, Jeffrey Allen Gray in, in about 1970. He talked about something and kind of put this together for people to understand is something called the BIS, which is the behavioral inhibition system. The behavioral inhibition system is a neuropsychological neuro meaning like you're talking about like the pathways of your brain of how of how things are communicated in your brain and through your body. Right. Um, there, there are pathways in your brain that help regulate your psychological state. Right. So you have a state of being, of existence. People aren't just their physical bodies. People are their personality, um, their conscious awareness. They're, they're not just one thing. And so it's better to understand yourself as one solid entity, right? But at the same time, it's if something in your life is going out of whack, it might be helpful to kind of break a, a part of yourself apart and kind of see where that's coming from. And that's where the benefit of science comes in. Because sometimes it's like, you don't need to understand science to have a, a great sense of well-being, right? Like that's, that shouldn't be the case. And it hasn't been the case for people in history who have, let's just say, haven't understood um, psychology or neuroscience or biology. And people have still managed to have quality lives. And, and that's to be understood. But what ends up happening is that when society is breaking down the way it is and, and, and people are abstracting at a higher level, meaning that their, 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 their abstract intellect, intelligence, their abstract intelligence is increased to a speed at which um, we no longer listen to people when they say, do this because I said so. Like that doesn't work anymore. And it doesn't work anymore because people have abstracted some of those ideas and ideologies and, and broke them down to the point where they've kind of found them useless. But here, here's here's where I'm going with this, is that basically the BIS is a neuropsychological system. It helps predict anxiety-relevant cues for an individual and an individual's response. So a person's response to things that have the potential to make them anxious, in theory, this system helps them by activating, and everybody has it. So everybody has one, a BIS and in, in behavioral inhibition system. And it's, and it's understood that it's different in each person by sensitivity. So a person can be more sensitive to negative emotion than another person. And that in itself can have consequences. Because let's just say you grew up in trauma. Let's just say you've had a lot of problems in your life where a lot of bad things have happened to you, you know, and in, in one way, we have to understand it that a person is born with a low resolution BIS. So the behavioral inhibition system in itself 
doesn't come like a clean slate. It comes at low resolution, meaning it already has a standard of where it's it's registering at. So you already have a natural sensitivity. Now, the environment then can either expand it to be. Let's just say I don't want to use words like worse, but it can because you're not a bad person if you have if you're you have a highly sensitive behavioral inhibition system that still is going to be a choice that you have to make within your life and and we can understand people as being good or bad by the sum total of decisions they make um the sum total of what uh, uh, of the kind of decisions a person makes is is really what makes them good or bad and when you you know good like you can think about something like god saying that you know when he created uh man that it was very very good right so the sum total of everything that that came from him creating mad in in god's own mind was determined to be good the overall total of it so it's not like if you make mistakes you're bad or if you have if you're really sensitive to to negative emotions that you're bad but understanding that you from a psychological perspective you can't separate negative emotions from thoughts about yourself. So one of the things that if you have a highly active behavioral inhibition system, it makes you more neurotic. And if you're more neurotic, you're basically more self-aware. So the more neurotic you are, the more sensitive to negative emotion you are, the more likely you're going to have thoughts about yourself and you're going to have thoughts about yourself. And those thoughts can almost To some degree, they can be separated from thoughts about yourself, but that's a small degree. Most of it, most thoughts about yourself are going to come tied in with negative connotations, negative emotions and feelings. Okay, now what is an emotion, right? It's it's not just one particular thing. It's a it's a makeup of of something that's happening physiologically and something that might be happening in the external world and something that you're also thinking about. So uh, even emotions are multidimensional. But what ends up happening, just to kind of break this down into into a simple understanding, is that, you know, I'm a person who's kind of above average in neuroticism. So I I do have a, a decently active behavioral inhibition system. And so what this does is it makes you punishment aware, punishment avoidant it makes you in general avoidant it can make you uh very much sensitive to risk so you take fewer risks um people who are self-aware decently have an uh, have, have usually have a decent level of intelligence and specifically about themselves because they usually understand kind of why they're doing what they're doing but what ends up happening as a byproduct of that is that you can actually um, develop psychosomatic sim- symptoms like like illnesses and things like that where you get sick because of this state of being. So if you're a person in trauma, coming back to the trauma, that, you know, I'm a person that grew up with a lot of trauma. So what ends up happening is um, my neurotic tendencies have, have probably like increased because of what I've been through, because I'm able to look at a situation and I'm able to conclude that if that situation is dangerous or not. And because for me, I abstract, I, I register with a high abstract intelligence. So I can put a bunch of facts together, sew them together really quickly and perceive if something is, you know, uh, you know, some would call it street smarts, right? You can understand that maybe as street smarts where someone is able to to predict, oh, this is a bad situation, right? Oh, oh, we got to get out of here, and and that's that's a neurotic tendency in action. In action, that's how it would look. That's how it happens. So, when you think about what neuroticism is, what the BIS is, they're kind of like um, separate words, but they're the same thing in essence. They're not exactly the same thing uh, because neuroticism is just a word that's used to describe. Um, without like judging it as good or bad, what a person is experiencing, like in as a form of a personality trait. So neuroticism um, is a part, a word that's a part of 
the big five scientific model for personality where it's one aspect of personality. So it's not the entire makeup of who you are, but if it's really high and this is who I'm trying to talk to, um, if it's really high, you're probably led by it, meaning that it's a behavioral motivation. It's a motivation that is biological, um, is psychobiological, neuropsychological, and it activates on the perception of danger because the whole point is to avoid or prevent negative experiences. If And if we're trying to avoid or prevent negative experiences, typically that person, to, to whatever degree their behavioral inhibition system is active, they'll try to avoid negative experiences. So that it'll be in direct proportion. So this is why when you have trauma and it's 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 easy to be triggered and to go into a depressive state. It's it's easy to be triggered and to start looking inward and becoming more self-occupied or something like self-centered. Right. And over time, if that system remains active for too long, there's a few consequences. Uh Two consequences that are hormone related. So we'll talk about the hormone related consequences are low serotonin and high cortisol. And so what ends up happening when you have low serotonin, you think of serotonin as a hormone that helps regulate like a conductor for an orchestra, your emotions. So, you know, the man, he has the stick and he's and he's guiding how the music's going to play out. And that's what your serotonin does. And so if you are highly sensitive to negative emotion, oftentimes your serotonin is going to be driven down. And let's just say you're born with low serotonin, like as a defect, as something that um, is, is biologically wrong with you. Right. This is why people take things like SSRIs, um, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, which are basically like Prozac and uh, things like that that help with depression. And people usually take these because these are, you know, proven to help increase the serotonin. So people who have neur neurotic tendencies will, will have a tendency to feel depressed. And sometimes they don't even know why, because it's more biological. And if it's more psychological, meaning that you've tooled your brain in a way to live in that neurotic state, then what ends up happening is your serotonin is driven down. And then if you're, if you're born with low serotonin, then you're going to have a natural tendency to have um, a sensitivity to negative emotions. Now, it doesn't mean that it's all bad. It, it, kinda, it can make a person feel like if I have high sensitivity to negative emotion, I'm a bad person. Um, and that's not entirely the case. It doesn't make you a bad person. What it makes you is prone to things like anger, anxiety, self-consciousness, irritability, emotional instability, depression. Um, because when this is active, what you're doing is you're trying to avoid. It can also make you um, procrastinate. That's one of the things. And procrastination is uh, a, a, a kind of aligned with avoidance. Because you foresee the complexity of what something is going to be and you're trying to avoid it. So oftentimes, this is, our, this is coping mechanisms that your body comes up with, like irritability. And, and, and like, let's just say you get irritated and it works and your family around you sees that you're irritated and they stay away from you. That's a successful, that's a successful response to your neuroticism that you want to see because you want people to go away from you because it makes you less uh, it makes you less vulnerable to danger, if you would, right? To maybe saying something and then provoking people or maybe um, they're the ones causing the, the perceived danger. And so you're kind of like, you just want to get away and be alone. And so it can... It can drive down your extroversion and make you a little bit more introvert as well, where you just kind of feel like you don't want to be social. Um, 
Now, anger is one of the interesting ones because anger can lead to something like charging up. Like you're charged up by negative emotion and and some people can actually get a little bit of a thrill out of it because it's like it's 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 a time that they feel they're actually able to feel what's going on in them. And then and then it's like it can make you feel a little bit more alive. And I'm not too familiar with how it pans out to anger. But basically what's happening with all these different demonstrations of action like anger, anxiety, self-consciousness, irritability, depression, you know, these are things that kind of can be seen in a person, right? A person that stands maybe in a, or sits in a depressive state, an anger response can be like a flight response. Um, Self-consciousness can be more of like a freeze response where you just kind of become more inwardly focused and, and, and you find all the things wrong with you. And depending on how you abstract, you can catastrophize things where it's like you go from, it goes from just something little to something huge where you're at work and it's like something goes wrong and you're like, my day is good. My day is not going to be good from here. And you define your whole day by one moment. Um, and sometimes your low abstraction can lead you to that. And sometimes the high abstraction can, in a complex way, lead you to the same conclusion, right? It's like, well, this happened, that happened, that happened, this happened, that happened, boom. This is a bad week. The whole week's bad now, and it's only Monday, right? It's like, like that's what ends up happening to people that, um, and then it makes them live in an avoidant state where they're now avoiding responsibilities and things and people to try to just survive. And that's the behavioral inhibition system. It's inhibiting you. It's stopping you. It's trying to, if you think about it, like in a car, it's like the brake system in a car. It's the thing that tells you to like to stop. Okay. Like, um, it's the warning signs. It's the, the gas is empty. The, the, you look at the dashboard and you can kind of see it like that. I, I've, I've kind of tried to do my best to put it in a practical way for people. So, um, because Again, you don't need to understand the science, but if you think about yourself, you're, you you do have a braking system. You do have a a self report system that tells you, okay, what's low, what's what's going on with you, um, and oftentimes that can lead to things like anxiety, illnesses, uh, um, even to the point of obesity. Because going back to the serotonin, when the serotonin is low your mood your moods are going to be off you're unregulated emotionally so then neuroticism is defined by two two aspects of withdrawal and volatility and the volatility comes precisely from the serotonin you're talking about emotional volatility is going to come from low serotonin and so we're going to talk about things you can do solutions to increase your serotonin but then the serotonin driving down and then your alert system is on, you're going to also raise your cortisol. So you're going to give you high stress. And if you stay in that state, low serotonin, high cortisol, it's going to affect your weight negatively. It's going to affect your appetite. So you might have more like uh, addiction to like things like, uh, like carb addictions where you just you eat ice cream every night or things like that, right? Because you're kind of just dwelling in the negative emotion and the pleasure of food kind of sedates some of that suffering that you're experiencing. Um, your metabolism's going to go off. Your sleep's going to go off. You might experience insomnia, brain fog, memory problems. I mean, it gets all bad when you talk about um, high cortisol. High cortisol really can affect you. And so that raises... When you're highly neurotic, which then can trigger weight gain. And especially for women, um, women register higher in neuroticism when, they, when they're tested. When the behavioral inhibition system, when you take tests, you can take tests for, um, to see how active your behavioral inhibition system is. And, and women register higher. And that's necessary Here's why, because women do give birth to children. And when children are in that vulnerable baby state where they can't do nothing for themselves, they're crying. Um, oh, 
a woman typically has to be neurotic to make sure that baby doesn't get hurt. So then the tendency is, is that with with higher levels of estrogen, with higher levels of cortisol, with a neurotic personality, right? With a highly active behavioral inhibition system, that's a makeup for weight gain. And so you can do a lot to help combat this. And we'll talk about the solutions. Um, I have um, like a four dimensions of, of solutions for us, which will include nutrition, supplements, exercise, and uh, the spiritual aspect. Because again, this is metanoia, the religious trauma podcast. And so um, I do want to talk about some of the aspects of how this plays out within a religious context as well, especially if you're neurotic within the religious context, because all of this can be applied to a person and then a person can be applied to a religious context, if that makes sense. So when you're talking about the downsides, there's plenty, you know, so if you're low in neuroticism, if you're not, don't have a highly uh, active behavioral inhibition system, sometimes that can work in reverse, right? Where you're not as sensitive to danger, you're just clueless about <laughs> about what potential dangers are lurking. And sometimes if you miss, it can, you know, in some sense cost you um, uh, being well physically, you know, or in some cases the extreme is death, you know, it's like you weren't cautious enough. So um, one of the things I can say is like, uh, one way you can kind of tell you if you're, high neuroticism is when you're in the back seat and someone else is driving, how much do you pay attention to the road? You know what I mean? In in regardless of how they're driving, let's just say someone's driving pretty good. You know, people that are higher in neuroticism might have that tendency. If you, um, I grew up uh, in the quote unquote ghetto where, you know, where there's a lot of lack, a lot of poverty. And so how that might play out for someone who's never had money is that they they will constantly be aware of the lack and the things that could potentially make them lack. And then in turn, um, because of that negativity, it will load on itself more, more avoidance, more procrastination, more because nothing ever works for you, right? That's kind of where that is biologically driven from. Now, you do have your conscious awareness where just because you have a biological proclivity or or or, or a biological tendency does not mean that you aren't responsible for getting it under control, but it's important that uh, managing this is is really important because people on the other end, um, some people with high neuroticism can end up having good health because they're vigilant, they're self-aware, they're um, uh, protection-oriented, and, and they just safety oriented you're thinking about maybe someone who's neurotic uh high, high neuroticism could be maybe good at security or good at um uh, potentially forcing danger or protection right so um there's utility for being neurotic but that utility um does come with some downsides and so you don't want your behavioral act inhibition system on all the time. It's not meant to be on all the time. It's there for you to help you navigate potential dangers, punishment, um, uh, risk, things like that. So if you are high neuroticism and you have it well managed and, and let's just say you eat healthy, like let's just say you already are on something like a paleo diet, you might not experience as much sensitivity to negative emotion, even though you're prone to it because of the fact that your serotonin is up because of the kind of foods you already naturally eat or that you like, right? So um, success can oftentimes um, help activate a different system, which is called the BAS. And when that system is on, that's more um, associated with extroversion. Um, When that system is on, which is another solution is getting your behavioral activation system to be on more because they can't be active at the same time. So you cannot be in an exploring kind of state where you're you're fueled by incentives and rewards and and the future and what's to come. Um in a in it's the extroversion is the and the BS the BAS 
the behavior activation system are in charge of being sensitive to positive emotions. So you cannot have both of them active at the same time. I won't go into the BAS too much because um, that'll be a whole separate conversation. Um, maybe I'll do the BAS separately with uh, extroversion and then I'll do one where we talk about them kind of how they worked like back and forth, right? Like the ping pong of it. So neuroticism in itself, again, doesn't make you a bad person, but it can lead to some bad in your life. It can lead to you having a negative overall experience with life. Because again, if you're out of weight, if you're always anxious, if you wake up in the morning, um, um, here's one solution. And this is just something small. You wake up, don't drink coffee right away because coffee has been shown to over time um, mess with your serotonin. And if your serotonin is low, um, then let's just say you're not typically sensitive to negative emotions, low serotonin, triggering low serotonin can then make you more susceptible to negative emotions. So you don't want to drink coffee right away when you wake up. You want to let the anxiety kind of dull out, uh, the aggression or whatever you wake up with, if you wake up in that panic state. Um, because what ends up happening is when you drink caffeine, you numb your receptors and those receptors are numbed and then the anxiety is aggregated, built up to be experienced at a later time. And you don't want that happening because then once the caffeine wears off, you'll you'll have no idea why you feel depressed or anxious or anything like that. Um, and you you hear it all the time in society. Oh, I'm just I deal with a lot of anxiety and it's casual. But um, if you've never sought like professional help, um, my goal today is to. If you don't have to. It's going to be better for you because the SSRIs, which are the selective serotonin um reuptake inhibitors aren't they do come with down they do come with um side effects and those side effects are listed obviously on the medication for each for the different medications but it's it's you're you're affecting yourself biologically with something like a pill it's not food so it comes at a consequence to raise your serotonin just abruptly like that it doesn't always just because you raise your serotonin doesn't mean you're fixed. You see what I'm saying? Because the pathology, which is the the pathway of how you think, the pattern in, in which you think still exists. And so the pattern can only be changed through external controls. So you need to set your environment up to help you be less neurotic, less active in the BIS if you are overactive in the behavioral inhibition system. Well, how do you know? Again, anxiety. Um, sometimes um, if you're experiencing sensitivity to negative emotions and you're overweight, you can guarantee that it's really associated with your sensitivity to negative emotion, low serotonin and high cortisol. So now getting into The solutions, you know, I'm not here to just talk about this in full in full scale of negativity. Um, let's talk about some of these solutions. You know, we talked about the caffeine. Make sure you have it about, I would say, if you can, close to two hours, if 80 minutes to two hours after you wake up, once you can get that anxiety calm, then drink your caffeine. Um, that's one way to make sure that you don't spend the whole day in the anxiety that you started with in the morning, especially if you know you have a lot to do and it's overwhelming and you don't know how you're going to manage it. Um, part of part of solving some of the neuroticism is having a schedule. So if you don't keep a schedule, having a schedule can help you because it can help you organize your day in a way that's doable, executable and not overwhelming because if you if it's not three o'clock, you shouldn't be doing the thing you said you were doing at three o'clock. Right. So it puts you it orders you so it can help you lower some of that uh, sensitivity to the overwhelming idea of all the things you have to do. So going to nutrition, we'll start here. Um, I mostly live on a paleo diet. Um, it's a lifestyle diet. I don't like calling it a diet. I think it's a way of living that 
Um, for me, I recommend for my clients, um, oftentimes because um, a lot of the foods within paleo are actually foods that um, help increase serotonin naturally. So you're talking about chicken, eggs, salmon, uh, salmon, uh, nuts, pineapples, spinach, things like that, uh, natural probiotics. Those are, uh, you know, like you're going to say like a kiwi or something like that, right? Or like a, like a, like a, um, what's that food? Oh man, when I was a kid, we, uh, not pineapple. Um, it starts with a P though. Um, not a pinata. <laughs> I keep wanting to say pinata, but no, anyways, I'll just move past it. But um, you can look up natural probiotic foods like um, online as well. Um, and that'll give you some guidance. So uh, what paleo is, is, Meat, fruits, vegetable, nuts, and eggs. And so, um, oh, the, uh, meat, yeah, yeah, uh, turkey as well um, will help with serotonin. So meat, vegetables, fruits, nuts, and eggs are what uh, the traditional paleo that I, I encourage people um, to eat. So you can see eggs, chicken, turkey, pineapple, spinach, salmon, all on the paleo list because meats are... You're talking chicken, beef, um, turkey, and fish. I don't typically recommend pork, but you know if you if you if you want to eat pork, by all means, you know, do you. It's kind of getting understood that bacon isn't um, traditionally good for you. Um, so I know a lot of people are on the keto and they like eating the bacon and cheese, but uh, you do have to be careful with some of those foods as well. Um, so nutrition wise. If you don't have a trainer or a nutritionist, I'm going to recommend you go paleo. And I recommend you take like a 30-day kind of thing. Like do a 30-day, a 21-day, a 90-day. Like set up a set up like a time frame in which you're going to put some of these external controls. Because the things you're doing on the outside will help control what's happening on the inside. You, it, it, It's been shown in psychology. You cannot... You cannot just reduce your sanity to sitting down in a room by yourself trying to organize your brain. Part of what sanity is and getting you organized internally is having your world set up and improved to help what's happening inside, if that makes sense. So it's more like um, we are suspended by the external world, you know, and, and how we're suspended and and how we're able um, to navigate it effectively. And effectively just means good results, right? You want better results in your life, then you're going to have to set up external. And so that's why I'm talking about the organization. If your life is 20% organized, get it to 30. If you're not eating healthy, eat healthy. Before you go to a doctor, I don't understand why people get pills prescribed to them um, and then eat are eating unhealthy Go to the doctors, the doctor, doctor prescribes these SSRIs, and then they never do anything about the diet, about their food. So I would say start with the food. And um, secondly, if you want supplements, I'm just going to recommend two. And it's saffron is one of them. And then 5-HTP, you can actually find uh, some supplements with both of them in it. Um, and I recommend taking like the minimum dosage to start. Um, whatever's recommended on the bottle, let's just say 100 milligrams, um, one pill, and take that with food. So don't eat it on an empty stomach. Not a good idea. If your stomach is sensitive, it can easily make you stomach sick. So you're not taking medication, you're taking a supplement. So 5-H-T-P, H as in house, uh, T as in uh, team, and P as in partner. 5-H-T-P and saffron. I recommend... Those two supplements, if you can get them together, there's some supplements with them together, that'll help increase serotonin, okay? Um, I take 5-HTP and saffron um, from, I think it's a company called Irwin Naturals, and taking it has, um, when I'm trying to be negative, I can't, like, it's weird. I, 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 I still trip out on it, but I, I, um, it's definitely helpful for overall regulation of mood. Okay, so supplement wise, I'm just going to recommend two. And so what that'll do is help bring up your serotonin, help lower your um, cortisol, and you'll be in more of a normal range. So you'll be able to manage your weight more effectively. So 
Um, now, exercise. So here, here comes more of like a physical thing because part of what's going to help you, um, let's just say I, ha- I do have a client um, that is scores high neuroticism. Um, I don't think she'll mind me mentioning a little bit of this, but it's just like showing up to the gym um, where there's a lot of people doing it in the morning and that might make you negative the idea of doing that but the fact that if you go and do it and you and you succeed working through your full routine guess what's going to happen to you you're going to shut off the bis in the morning and then the bas is going to activate and you're going to get dopamine from completing that instead of waking up being neurotic staying neurotic staying highly sensitive to negative emotions all day and one of my clients we've talked about this has had this positive experience with going to the gym in the morning because um, the high neuroticism and the tendency uh, to just stay in that neuroticism and i'm gonna oh i didn't wake up on time i'm gonna skip the gym like things like that right like can easily keep you in that same state through the whole day. So it keeps you with more anxiety, keeps you stressed, keeps you feeling frustrated, you know? And then some people are neurotic simply because they have trauma, because they've had lots of trauma as a kid. And so it it can still be retooled because maybe you're not naturally, you don't naturally have a, a highly sensitive behavioral inhibition system. B-I-S, B-I-S. I'll try to just keep it to B-I-S because saying that is a mouthful. So exercises like hit exercises. Um, the psychology of this is like you do high intensity interval training, right? So if you have a coach, do this, do these hit exercises. So you maybe that you're taking like five minutes of intense workout and then you rest. What you're doing is willfully exposing yourself to stress, okay? And when you willfully do that, you can translate that into your BIS being active. You do the HIIT exercises. You successfully complete it. Dopamine gets released. BAS is activated, which is the behavior activation system, which helps you move forward in the world. Do you see what I'm saying? How... Hit exercise can help you. So having a real slow workout where you're just kind of moving slow and on your phone and being it, that may not help you. So how you work out is going to help you as well. Um, it's not just showing up for exercise. Um, so I would recommend sprints, things like sprints, right? Because it's a remember, it's high stress, small amount of time. Doing it willfully is what really helps. And then the accomplishment helps release dopamine and activate um, the opposite system, which will help you move forward with your day in a positive way, uh, make you less sensitive to negative emotion, make you more sensitive to positive emotion. And there is consequences to having a highly active BAS, which I have. I have, um, not, I, I score 99, um, 99 percentile. So one of the highest behavior activation systems that is able to be registered, I have. So I, I there's downsides to that too. So don't think that just because you're an extrovert, sensitive to positive emotion that you are, um, you are immune from problems. Problems can come from different personality traits. So um, I want to r- kind of wrap the neuropsychological part of this up and go into the spiritual. Now, um, I try to keep these things under an hour, so I'm going to try to um, do my best to do the same same thing with this whole talk. So going to the spiritual side now. Now, spiritually speaking, say uh, spirituality helps and, and how, how might that help? Right. So it's it's about mindset. It's about the psychology that you en- that you enter your day with, that you enter the world with. And um, because the tendency for someone that's neurotic who is spiritual will will tend to be, I'm in control, but theology will tell you that God is in control. Um, Neuroticism, this sensitivity to negative emotion will tell you, I have to have my own back. No one else has my back. I'm alone. I'm by myself. Um, 
but theology will tell you that God is on your side. Do you see what I'm saying? Like the, the, the contrast there is, is quite unique so that if you're a person that struggles with trusting God with your finances, with your family, with, you know, with your provisions, your food and, and your stability, it's like you're going to have a hard time um, trusting God if you, if you have a highly active be- behavioral inhibition system. And it's going to be what we call the flesh. It's going to be by proclivity. And see, the thing is, the difference people think is like, well, God, uh, angel, God can heal somebody from being super neurotic. And I'm like, I always kind of battled with this because it's like, well, if it's personality that we're talking about, if it's, let's just say it's you're born with, genetically speaking, with a high behavioral inhibitions, like a highly sensitive behavioral inhibition system. Okay, so so maybe you're born with it and you're, uh, you have um, an issue now. You have, a, it's now medical. It's now like not much you can do about it outside of take pills and things like that. Then in a sense, I would say that, yeah, God's going to be like definitely able to heal and kind of bring you back into balance. But I don't necessarily think 100% that's how it works. Because when you talk about like fruit of the spirit, like character, like things like uh, and character is associated with your personality. So when you reorganize your value structures and you associate it with something outside of yourself, like the Bible, like God, what you're doing is putting new controls into your pathology, into how you think, into the patterns in which you see the world. So part of becoming less neurotic is knowing more of God's word, believing more of God's promises, right? Acting in a way that shows you believe in God's promises. And this is not the fake it till you make it kind of thing. This is like, um, I'm going to willfully choose to take God at his word that he is in control and that he is on my side, right? He, we're more than conquerors through him. Um, nothing can separate us from the love of God. So this like God is on your side. So if you're holding to these kind of these scriptures, like especially in Romans 8, Romans 8, it's really a, a good detail of this. Um, you know, if you, if you um, have a Bible, I can kind of go through some of it really quick and I'll just point this out. It's thing is at the tail end, Romans 8, um, 37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other uh, um, created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so um, my goal isn't here to preach to you, I'm just saying that in 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 faith, there is a solution. And specifically, I'm talking Christianity. Now, if you have another faith, that's totally fine. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure within your faith, you can find something. But the point is, is that the idea of having something external that helps reconstruct your pattern of thinking is evidently helpful. So when you're talking, and I'm, I'm a Christian, so I'm, I do come from a Christian perspective, is that this is the benefit of having access to a spiritual life and relationship with God, right? But the problem is, is that when you're neurotic, you also will have a tendency to be legalistic. And here's the thing, because you can nitpick and you can be, you'll want to, well, is that holy enough? Is that right enough and you'll always see the negative side of what people aren't doing and it's easy to become judgmental it's easy that when you sin right because again bis is to help us avoid punishment so when you sin it's easier to tuck your sin under the rug and pretend like it didn't happen it's easy to do the the white lies and think that they don't matter it's easy to kind of like uh it's not easy in the sense that you have an easy time doing it It's just that to avoid punishment, you kind of start pretending things aren't happening. And then you it's easy to separate yourself 
from feeling close to God when you do that. So let's just say you 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 are a believer of the Bible and you fall short in some way. And for you, it could easily tumble to I'm hopeless. I'll never get it right. I'll never be perfect. Why even do this? Why even why even try to live for God? Why even walk with God? Right. And then it's easy to start blaming the church and you nitpick everything about the pastor and about how the church is structured and what they do. And and because you already know within yourself, you're just looking for reasons to stop participating because of this natural um, proclivity to avoid, to run, to hide. So when you go back to Romans 8, there's a, a verse 1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And it's crazy and who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And so I'll just read the next verse because I think this is helpful too. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So the fact that Jesus died on the cross and absorbed all the punishment, right? For, for a person who struggles with neuroticism with very being very very sensitive to negative emotion if it's properly understood and properly taught what will end up happening to a person is they will be like wow like i'm forgiven like there's grace god loves me and it's like yeah you might have to deal with a natural consequence because of sometimes there's things you do if you are sleeping around and and you're unprotected and you make yourself susceptible to the disease and you get sick yeah god can save you but in turn, you might have to deal with the physical consequence of having a disease, right? So it, it, it's not that there is total avoidance of punishment in the sense that God's not going to punish you um, eternally, but in this life, you might have to deal with the consequence. And then, yes, God can heal you as well and redeem you for that. And maybe that'll inspire you to uh, live a life that's much better than the one you're living, but nonetheless, um, that it can play out that way for a person that's high neuroticism. You don't even have to be high in neuroticism, but if you're average, because everyone is neurotic to a certain extent, okay? So don't think that this is not for you because you're not high in neuroticism. This, in a sense, could be for everybody. So, um, you know, you, you think about things like all things work together for the good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. You think of verses like that, like, wow, like all things, meaning the bad, so that when you think about the potential bad that could happen in your life, part of what can help you psychologically is understanding that God will work. Even if things do go bad and things will go bad, he'll work that for your good. Do you see what I'm saying? So now, when you're in a church setting um, if you, and you're high neuroticism, you have to be careful. You have to be careful because um, you're really likely to hurt people and, and you're really likely to seem like you don't have faith because one of the things that might, your, your words will echo caution, worry, anxiety, depression. See, you can still be a Christian and experience depression simply because you have a behavioral inhibition system that's going crazy. It's on alert. You have a lot of trauma. And so this is where like preaching God's love and grace really come into help because um, for a neurotic person, they need that the most. Now, an extrovert, someone who has a high BAS, um, let's just say you have both, you're really high in both, uh, that could look like a bipolar you know that could you'll look bipolar if you if you're really high in neuroticism and extroversion um and you can actually potentially be bipolar like clinically speaking but if you're high in the behavior activation system you're going to be pleasure sensitive so a positive emotion sensitive so you might go manic at times where it's if you feel like you have multiple personalities and multiple uh, uh motivations and you might think you're perfect and flawless because maybe you're not as self-aware and you'll struggle a lot with the pleasure-driven sins 
because you have a highly sensitive dopamine system. And that dopamine system, um, people who are really high in extroversion have more dopamine receptors than the common person. And so like literally like these two systems, how they ping pong really, really show kind of what you need. This is why like some answers aren't the same answers for other people because some personalities are different. So a person who's high in extroversion is going to need more discipline, is going to need more of the, you, you would say more of the uh, law and more of the um, the guidance on how to behave exactly because the tendency will to be will for an extrovert would will be to live in chaos will to to live and to be more um there's other traits that help control this like openness and conscientiousness you know typically conscientious people are more conservative um and if you're low in conscientiousness and you're a high extrovert that's a nightmare so you just might and you're open oh my good oh I mean, every sin will be available to your thinking. Like you'll think every anything that is sensual, that is food related, that is substance related, it could be a nightmare for you. And so, um, again, you don't need to understand this in the science, but that's the point of, you know, studying, reading, um, praying, getting closer to God. And so um, just to kind of summarize this, I, I do hope this is helpful. I do hope this is helpful to you and I pray that, you know, God will will guide you, bless you. But also if you do need, if you do need some kind of extra help, because I think in some sense we all do, I do do coaching, you know. So uh, if you go to Instagram and you go to and you type in metanoia for trauma, everything spelled properly. M-E-T-A-N-O-I-A-F-O-R-T-R-A-U-M-A. Metanoia for trauma. Um, follow me on that Instagram. Um, this is a, I'll be doing a lot of religious trauma research on there. So how does a lot of this stuff apply to a person's experience within the confines of religion? Um, I will be, I will be available. You can, you know, send me a message or whatever. But um, I do want to make myself available um, to you. And I do do individual coaching. And um, it's very limited in person. So I don't do too much of it in person. But if you do need some help, uh, feel free to reach out. I, I'll do my best to make it cost effective for you. But I do think the fact that it costs something will uh, help you stay accountable to making the change that you need. Uh you know, and when we go back to the neuroticism real quick, uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. You know, there's that um, um, saying, I guess, or that um, research that was done that the Bible says 365 times, don't fear. It's so interesting that, you know, for every day of the year, there's, there's a, you know, uh, it's said this way that God says, don't fear for every way, every day of the year. But it, it's also even bigger that the Bible says it that many times because uh, people commonly you know neuroticism is a common trait and, and it's a thing that everybody struggles with to some degree or another and if you're if you're low in neuroticism you have a whole different batch of problems and so maybe we'll talk about that on another talk but again if you're willing open and you need your life to be different than it currently is keep following these talks i will somehow and if i if i'm not talking about you um stay stay in touch and we'll keep we'll 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 find something that relates to you because um i'm gonna do this for all the dimensions of personality all right um how it affects you uh, the different ways it could affect you and then some of the solutions you know whether nutrition supplements exercise and this and spiritually speaking okay so again love you guys Take care and stay blessed.